Thank you for being here today. I know it's cold outside. And um, I thought about this morning when I woke up, um, as I welcome our family from New York, the Destiny Table New York online with us. We were more than 20 degrees colder than you in Oklahoma today as we got up, which is not normal. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm glad you all made it through the chill. I'm glad you're here. Thank you for everybody joining us online. Why don't you have a seat and let's just have a sense of expectation in our hearts of what God desires to reveal. <clears throat> talking today about kingdom priorities. There's a guy you don't get to see up here very often because he won't get up here. I gave him a moment to kind of get off before I embarrass him, but come on, Ryan Perry. Just appreciate all his work and the team, everybody who does so much behind the scenes so that we can... Uh, be online with all of you. So thank you so much to everybody who does so much around here. We had a great time of prayer at 9 a.m. on Sundays. We do uh, just the team all rallies in, open for anybody to come in, be a part of that. And it's just really a, a treasured time of just pressing in and worshiping the Lord for a few moments and praying into the morning and getting our hearts inclined to the Lord. Um, I was really excited to learn this last week that we had um, in the month of December, people were joining us on uh, Tuesday morning, 6 a.m. prayer, which we do in-house right here, uh, but we also have that streaming. And in the month of December, we had 50 different cities and two different nations, and I forget how many states, but 25 or 30 different states represented in the month of December at 6 o'clock in the morning on Tuesday. And so, um, you know, we just want to, we want to press into more of what the Lord has in store. What does that really look like? And how do we give ourselves to um, what that is supposed to be? And I know that the Lord desires to help us in all of that. And uh, I know he's going to help us today just navigate through some things. We opened up uh, the concept, the idea last week as we started talking about kingdom potential. How many of you know there's more in you than you realize exists? Uh, and the Lord made you. Uh, before he formed you in the womb, and we started looking into all of that, which means he knew you before he formed you in the womb, which means you existed before you existed, and he was slain from the foundation of the earth, which means you were fixed before you were broken. I mean, there are just so many things that are so beyond our wildest imagination, and we talked so much about that last week and the potential that exists within us. And now what we want to do today is talk about how to unlock that potential. I know um, we, we anticipated that today probably wasn't the best day to start with our five weeks, 40 days, just coming back into the new year, figuring people would be traveling. Um, but next week, we're going to start a five-week focus of what are the five central ideas. The phrase I said a moment ago, many of you heard that, but we are outrageously loving people. We're not just loving, we're outrageously loving. That's the first and foremost characteristic of God that we know the Lord wants us to carry, who passionately pursue the Lord irrationally giving lifestyles, consistently submitting to God's desires, effectively discipling others to do the same. So starting next week, we're going to walk through those five ideas and why they're so central to us. All of our community groups will be focusing around those ideas for these 40 days. We'll be doing our Discover Destiny community group. In fact, next week, um, 
between the two services, we'll do the Sunday morning Discover Destiny meeting, and it's just an explanation of what's ahead. So if you're <clears throat> interested in knowing more about who we are as a church family, how you can get more engaged, involved, just to hear how, what that process is like, that's what that will be. Um, so come to the 930 service, and we'll go right afterward or show up extra early, uh, and we'll, we'll go up there. It's in the upstairs right above the coffee bar, actually. So... Um, priorities. When you think of priorities, the thing that we have to understand, um, God's constantly functioning on a level beyond our level. Um, no matter how far you've gone with God, there's further to go. And so I started introducing some of the ideas of this just kind of, you know, it's beyond our wildest imagination. I kept using that phrase last week, but they're actually things that you are designed by God to produce that you do not have the capacity to imagine. And you need to understand that. Things that God wants to come out of you are bigger than your imagination can produce. And it's because they're to be born out of your spirit. We're not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. And it's an entirely different perspective when you start to evaluate life from that point of view. So it's vital that our spirit man be strong, that our spirit men and spirit women, the, the person you are inside the suit, um, you know, someday there'll be a conclusion to all of our lives. And uh, sometimes in funerals I've mentioned when somebody's kind of, uh, crazy with life, then sometimes I'll say, you know, this is just the shell, the nut's no longer in there. Uh, and that's a reality, right? Um, but the truth is, it is just a shell. There's an existence within this body of, a, of an individual that God created that's going to live forever. And it's vitally important that we know who Jesus is so that we're living in the presence of the Lord uh, for all eternity. Can I get an amen? Such an important reality. Um, so just understanding that, uh, we, the focal point last week was out of Ephesians 3, and it's just this crazy verse. I mean, I've, I've read this before, and it's just overwhelming to me every time I start trying to meditate on it. But you and I are to be filled with all the fullness of God. I mean, just think about that. Like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> you, nobody in this room would ever go up to someone and say, hey, I'm filled with all the fullness of God. I mean, that's just, you'd be like, you're out of your mind. And the very next verse says, and God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or imagine. That's exactly right. It's so far beyond your wildest imagination, but God desires for us to live a life that is filled with all the fullness of God. Waves of God's revelation activating and awakening something within us that is just so profoundly life-giving. We believe that everyone is created for abundant life. <clears throat> and so that's what we want to focus in on um, in the course of 2022, how to explore and experience abundant life. How many know religion demands expression without providing authentic experience? But God provides experience that naturally produces expression. And it's born out of this natural expression of just knowing God 
It's a beautiful, beautiful reality. So important that we are spiritually well. If you're not spiritually well, you can't steward well what God's desiring to reveal. And how many know God wants to reveal some things? Uh, you do realize there are more things God wants to show us than we're prepared to handle at this stage in life or ministry or pursuit of God, relationship with the Lord, wherever we are. There are more things that God wants to reveal than what we're ready for. So my question is simply this. How is the spiritual atmosphere of your life and how are you cultivating the spiritual atmosphere of your life to go to the next level that God desires for you to experience? So first, scale of 1 to 10, what number comes to mind? You don't have to hold up fingers at me. Uh, some people hold up fingers at me while I'm driving. But the first number, you know, what number comes to mind when you think about how... Um, how spiritually well, how spiritually healthy, on a scale of one to ten, like you're like Jesus would be ten, and like you're not even, you know, I don't even know, I'm a believer, number one. So somewhere in there, where are you in terms of spiritual wellness? And my challenge this year is let's purpose to improve that number <laughs> some degree. Let's make some steps, climb some stages in our relationship with the Lord, and really step forward. Uh, to grow more into who God has called us to become. Have you ever read that verse that says, and to us he gave the power to become sons of God? You've been given the power to become. This is an important revelation, and we want to continue on this uh, pursuit of growing. And that's why these first 40 days are more of the first fruits of the year. I'm asking that you really devote yourself. I was sharing, we did our uh, family devotions yesterday and uh, just talking about the new year and where we've been reading, what we've been sensing. And I shared two things that I know the Lord's asking me this year uh, to fast for 40 days. And so whatever that looks like, you know, if it's meal related, then it's perpetual and you come back to it. Um, you know, if it's like Brussels sprouts or something, you probably aren't going to miss it very much. I mean, some people might, but, uh, but you know, fasting something that you'll come back to perpetually and realize, you know, I'm not participating in that because I'm hungry for something so much more. And that's a part of this. So these first 40 days, we're asking, let's purpose 40 days of fasting and prayer uh, where we're really pressing in. The conclusion of the 40 days, we'll do a worship night. That worship night will be the weekend before Steve Uppel arrives from England and we come into a weekend of just going deeper in our relationship with the Lord. And so I just know there's some real momentum that the Lord's wanting to establish within us. And I encourage you, stay in the Word, stay in prayer, turn the page, uh, you know, keep Keep going deeper in the things of God. Honor the Lord in the way you worship with your giving as God increases you. Honor the Lord with tithes and offering. It's always been a plan for worship in Scripture. And the Lord desires for that to be the case where our hearts are brought into that place. Honor the Lord with gathering together in community. Not just when it's convenient, but do so sacrificially as an expression to the Lord. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? All these things are just priorities, right? And so I want to I just challenge you. I want to center around an idea. I want to I paint the picture, but I get, I get to paint the picture by way of an image out of Matthew chapter 27. Imagine with me the Roman soldiers at the scene of the cross of Jesus Christ. 
And here is the picture of the, the cross, and you see that Jesus is hanging on the cross, and the soldiers are uh, beneath the cross gambling for a garment that they had determined was valuable. This is a seamless garment. Somebody had obviously had some money that gave that to Jesus is the assumption, and uh, they didn't want to just tear it up and and it wasn't haphazardly somebody going to take they wanted they wanted to uh, the, they, everybody wanted the treasure of this garment the thing that i want you to think about as we view these roman soldiers off to the side and envision jesus hanging from the cross i want you to think about how important it is that we be guarded against being completely distracted from the greatest treasure this world had ever known in the pursuit of some truly insignificant earthly treasure. It is so easy to get focused on the wrong thing. These Roman soldiers, literally, there's Jesus hanging on the cross, the greatest treasure the world had ever known. The history of the world had never seen such treasure. And they were so given to the pursuit of an earthly something that they were distracted from the heavenly reality of what God was desiring to reveal. Anybody think you might be living there just a little bit in your own life? It's so easy to be distracted. And I want the full weight of this statement to land on all of us, and I've been reflecting on it so much, but with that illustration in mind, that neglecting what God would desire for us to possess because of the pursuit of something less significant. I want you to think about this statement. We, what we are distracted by will never be as important as what we are distracted from. We all tend to come up with the same general idea of priorities and principles and we, generally speaking, go after those things. But how many of you know distractions come? Things happen. I mean, be realistic, Pastor. <laughs> like real life. I, I live a real life. I, you know, I don't, I don't just get to go preach the, the word on Sunday as my job and then spend six days just in prayer and in the presence of the Lord. I'm, I'm not like a pastor that the angels of the Lord wake them up in the morning and stroke their forehead and say, it's time to experience the presence of the Lord. You understand, that's just nonsense. I mean, there are everyday life uh, our, you know, Tracy and I, our role has just been uniquely different, and I think part of it is the Lord just chose somebody that's utterly not qualified to stand before you as a pastor to say that he calls people even if they are not qualified. I never learned how to preach a sermon, never went to seminary. Tracy's a lawyer, for goodness sakes. I mean, come on. Is there any hope in this world? Uh, you know, we've we've cultivated business structures and I mean all the things that could be easily just distractions to us they exist but we keep them in a proper perspective and we constantly have to come back it's not like that was something we accomplished you understand that is an ongoing process and there are different stages and different seasons and when uh, when we had our first child I mean our lives were different in the way we pursued God because we had an infant and when we had our second child and we were in and out of the hospital the way we pursued God was different then now we have adult children the way we pursue God 
is different. I mean, you understand, it's constantly evaluating where I am, what God's entrusted to my care, how I'm honoring him, how I'm putting him first. Some seasons of life, you get to give more time and energy in a deeper pursuit of God than other seasons of life. But you should always be giving time and energy to a deeper pursuit of God. Kingdom priorities. There's a statement I'm going to make again in the conclusion, but I just feel the Lord prompting me to it. I, I just want the Lord to speak to us. How many of you, particularly in this season, it's easy to relate to this, but how many of you live a busy life? Like things are busy. Can I just see? Let's just be honest. Life is busy. I want you to think about this. When your life gets too loud and your schedule gets too busy, it's easy to forget God is God. And that's why the Bible says in Psalms 46.10, be still and know that I am God. And if you don't learn to be still, then life will be loud, schedules will be busy, and you will be God. And I'm just telling you from experience in my own life, it is easy to let my, uh, the busyness, how I many of you know, busyness can just take control. But we have to step back and evaluate. I mean, we're all going to wind up somewhere in 10 years on purpose, right? Well, we're all going to wind up somewhere in 10 years. Some people will wind up there on purpose. <laughs> and so we're all going somewhere. I want to go there with the priorities of God cultivating and developing the way as I walk that out. Let me just say again, what we're distracted by will never be as important as what we are distracted from. So as we explore what it is for everyone to understand and know abundant life, I want us today to take a look in the book of Colossians. And this is where Paul is addressing heresy. Paul is addressing an ideology in the book of Colossians that says Jesus is important. But so are other things. That's what he's addressing. There were people that started invading these young Christians that had come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And they were, they were communicating that there were other, uh, other priority voices that need to exist in your life. Yes, Jesus is important, but there are other priority voices. There are people in our day today that would say similar things, like the voice of Jesus. That's an important voice in history, but so is the voice of Buddha, and so is the voice of Muhammad, or you know, who, what other favorite you may have. All those, all those are important voices. That, that's what was this common ideology, and Paul was addressing this and saying that is heresy. You cannot remove the deity from Christ and call him equal to other voices in your life. It is heresy to remove the deity of Christ and call him one of the priorities in your life that's equal to other priorities in your life. That's heresy. Yet we live in a society where God ought to be lucky that we devote a little bit of time to him. Because we are so busy. I mean, maybe we need to step back and evaluate that the culture has evangelized us more than his word has in some areas of our lives. And so Paul's addressing this with these believers as we look at Colossians chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, physical Bibles, turn to Colossians chapter 3, the third chapter. And I want to just read this in a few verses at a time. The 
the portion of this uh, chapter specifically and evaluate what Paul is saying. Everybody doing okay? Have I offended you today? How many of you know sometimes the Word of God is an offense? And sometimes our flesh needs to be offended. So I hope your flesh is feeling slightly offended so that we can get to the things of the Spirit. So Lord, even before we begin to read your Word, help us not to simply go through the process of showing up as the church, hearing the message that we hear this week, going on about our lives, never really rehearsing what you are desiring to reveal. We know that revelation we do not nurture is revelation we will lose. So help us, Lord, to navigate through a message that sounds a little bit maybe like it's being presented. When the reality, Lord, is in the midst of this conversation, you are desiring to have a deep conversation with each of us, revealing specific things for our hearts and lives that you want us to walk out of here and nurture and grow from. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above. Things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Set your mind on heavenly treasure, heavenly priorities, supernatural things that really matter as opposed to earthly treasure, earthly priorities, just the general broad spectrum. Paul's going to get clearly, uh, um, he'll make it very clear in the book of Colossians, Jesus is not a way, Jesus is the way. And because he is the way, we need to set our mind on him as the way. In other words, in a fallen world that you and I live in, our natural inclination is to have a fallen disposition where we're trying to simply prioritize things well and do the best we can to please the Lord. That's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. You are fully loved and fully pleasing in the sight of God because of the blood of Jesus Christ, do you understand what I'm saying? Like he is vital to this equation, not like one of the components. He is the center of the equation. So the inclination is to live in a fallen world and work at a fallen disposition to try and improve it. But actually, we're designed by God to live in a fallen world and have a risen Savior disposition, a risen disposition where we're looking to Jesus, we're fully confident that we are fully pleasing to the Lord. There's nothing that we're talking about, fasting, giving, praying, gathering, none of that stuff is going to make God love you anymore. And not doing any of that stuff is not going to make him love you any less. You just need to understand that reality in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Too many people in my position have used those types of scenarios as leverage to manipulate people into religious behaviors. The last thing we want you to become is religious. I mean, literally, the last thing we want you to become is religious. I'll tell you what religious people do. They celebrate you one week and crucify you the next. That's what religious people do. We don't want that here. 
We want people to be broken and surrendered and really available to the Lord. So the love of Jesus is constantly coming out of who we are, fixing our eyes on Christ. Verses 3 and 4, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Did you hear it? You died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, you died, but Christ is your life now. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. There's so much being spoken in these two little verses. But the thing I want you to understand and the thing I want to make sure you notice is that you didn't die and lose your life. You died and found your life in Christ. It's the cross of Jesus at the center of the kingdom that actually releases life that you now get to experience. The the whole idea of abundant life, everyone is created for abundant life, I've struggled with that theme. I I feel like I've almost been dismantling the prosperity gospel now for a year and a half or more because we're in such a Western world mindset. And when we started talking as a team and the elders and the staff about the revelation for the year and and we were landing that this was what the Lord was revealing, I'm just telling you, I struggled with it. I even had people, once we introduced it at our servant team uh, banquet that night. They came to me the next week and they said, wow, pastor, it sounds like we're almost going prosperity gospel. I was like, oh man, this is, this is not what I was really signing up for this year. You know, that's not, I was, I would love it so much more if the theme had been something clearly die rather than clearly live. But the point is simply this, the plan is life, but in the kingdom, life comes from death. That's why the cross is at the center and if you want to know life you have to be willing to die and if you're not dead then you're not prioritizing the things that matter to God the more living you are in and of yourself the more unkind you'll tend to be I'm going to talk about it next week but to be unkind to others is to be unconquered by love And when you die to yourself, you're no longer trying to present the best version of you so God can be represented well. When you die to yourself, you're actually dead and Jesus starts living through you and he's a lot nicer than we are. How many of you know that's true? So the practices of fasting, praying, seeking the Lord, sacrificially, all those are opportunities for us to decide that we're going to die to ourselves. When I'm hungry and I don't eat, what am I doing? I'm dying to myself. I'm putting myself in place. I'm saying, I'm, I'm not going to feed the appetite that's not the main appetite in my life. There's something deeper going on in my life. I'm going to gather as the church family when it's convenient. No, I'm going to gather in the church family when it's sacrificial. Tracy and I were ministering in this church, and a family had come uh, that next morning, and they're pretty central to the church in general. And, and they said, uh, listen, we actually drove all night to get back for church this morning. We were out of town on vacation, and we had to drive all night. I've not slept, but I didn't want to miss service this morning. I was like, oh, wow. Well, thank you. And they said, oh, no, we didn't even know we had a guest speaker. <laughs> I was like, oh, thanks. 
But they, I mean, they just said, we just want to make sure that our kids understand the sacrificial nature of Christ and the way we're serving the Lord. I just thought it was beautiful. Verses 5 to 7. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. I just want to take a moment in this little list here. We need to understand sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, all these things which are idolatry, are improper for God's people. How many of you know we shouldn't even joke about things that are improper according to the Word of God? But we live in a society that not only makes a joke of it, we actually center entertainment around it. I've been pretty shocked myself as I've now learned about reels and, uh, and uh, you know, I'm just real groovy and hip. And, uh, and I've learned all these, you know, what, what the teenagers are doing. And there's this reverse mentoring that takes place in our lives as we get a little older uh, when we do life right. And it's a healthy, good thing in general. But I'm pretty shocked when I'm listening to reels, which your kids listen to if they have a phone and have access to Instagram or Facebook. And I'm pretty shocked at the absolute inappropriate language, nudity, all kinds of stuff that just pops up in those reels. And you're just like scrolling along and all good and all is well, and then the improper one hits in the midst of it all. This is just normal. I don't have to tell you this because you probably well know just how common this is, but our kids are being dealt with and addressed on such a level. They are being given a fire hydrant blast of the world system, and you and I can't give them teaspoonfuls of Jesus and expect to counteract a fire hydrant blast. Is there anybody in the house who's ready to go deeper in their relationship with Jesus Christ? I mean, we've got to understand the importance of what we're talking about. He's not one of the many priorities in our lives, and maybe I'll prioritize him when I'm not so busy. No, he is the center of everything. A gluttonous, indulgent, entertainment, addicted, social media age filled with illicit desire has produced a bored and boring people who lack the purpose for which God created them. That's what's happened. We've become so entertainment-minded, we've even produced church expression that's more about entertainment in worship, more about entertainment than encountering God, in teaching, more about entertainment than hearing the voice of God. I'm just not going to put up with it anymore. How about you? I'm just looking for a group of people that'll be the sons and daughters of God on the earth that will recognize the priorities God wants us to possess actually are priorities that produce real life, not a fake, fabricated perspective of life that's the best the world has to offer that leaves people empty, wishing they had something to live for. You were created for more than that. You were born for more than that. Wake up from the stupor of confusion in your life. The eternal purposes of God must be central. 
verses 12 to 16. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. That's a really important statement. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Has anyone ever read the Lord's Prayer? Forgive us our debts as we forgive others. In other words, Lord, if I don't forgive others, then I'm going to ask you not to forgive me. That's what the essence of this is saying. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, verse 14, which binds them all together in perfect unity. This is such a beautiful portion of Scripture. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. When the message of Christ dwells among us and within us, the riches of God's kingdom begin to be manifest in wonderfully amazing ways. There's probably not a better way to uh, demonstrate this than to share something with you that this last week I was made aware of. But, but let's remember just for a moment, the message of Christ dwelling in you richly unlocks the treasures of God's kingdom in wonderful ways. man by the name of Richard Wormbrand from Romania suffered great persecution because of his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He was imprisoned from 1948 to 1962, 14 years of not just imprisonment, but 14 years of solitary confinement. He was tortured horribly. Huge chains on his wrists, huge chains on his ankles. I mean, imagine just the just that alone, any movement and motion in, for any length of time. He was there for 14 years. Imagine what that would do to your physical body. He was given watery soup every day and moldy bread once a week. 14 years, solitary confinement, imprisoned because he was a Christian. He spent 17 hours a day being brainwashed. God is dead Communism is good. All 17 hours, he had to sit upright and pay attention to the brainwashing for 17 hours a day. If at any point in time he rested his head on his hands, he would be severely beaten. 
in his cell. He knew that he had for 14, are you, are you getting the picture of what I'm saying? For 14 years, every single day, 17 hours a day, in chains, watery soup, moldy bread once a week, beaten if he wasn't paying, acting like he's paying attention to this brainwashing that was taking place. God is dead. Communism is good. He talked about the severity of his suffering in this book that he wrote. And in that discussion, he said, in all those years he never knew would he even see his family ever again the suffering was was beyond our wildest imagination yet he writes at night alone in my cell cold hungry and in rags I danced for joy sometimes I was so full of joy I felt I would burst if I didn't give it expression. You know, we've, in our way of thinking, have taken our doctrinal conclusions and exchanged that we were all created by God for this abundant life. We've exchanged the idea of being blessed for the idea of being rich. And that creates all kinds of confusion when you hear a story like that. I just feel the Lord's really wanting to go deep in our hearts in preparing us for the year that's ahead. And I want to ask you, would you just be open to whatever the Lord's desiring to lead you into, particularly in these first 40 days? To purpose some self-sacrificial efforts of just pressing into knowing the Lord as the first fruit of the year to set the tone and say, Lord, I just want to grow in this revelation and this understanding of what you're desiring for my life, the way I'm going to love, the way I'm going to give, the way I'm going to serve, the way I'm going to fast and pray and stay in the Word. It will cost you something to focus on Christ rather than your earthly treasure. But it will cost you more if you don't. So, I have a concluding challenge to you. And um, I want to ask you to really purpose this year to be a year where you focus in on whatever O2 knew you, you know, whatever... Uh, phrase, new year, new normal, new you, O2. We can come up with all kinds of wonderful ways to say, how many know it's just about what Jesus wants? That's all we're interested in. We've decided to lay aside selfish ambition in the way we're doing what God's asked us to do as a church family. And just invite the Lord to help us walk through planning meetings, strategy meetings. You know what we're figuring out as a team? Um, we've been amazing at having hours and hours and hours of planning meetings to make everything go off without a hitch. What we've not done is had a lot of prayer meetings and we've relied on planning with not much prayer and that means we have done a lot in our own efforts asking God to bless instead of paying attention to what he's desiring to do and just cooperate with that.
It sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? It's not so simple, is it? It takes daily discipline of really dying to ourselves where we elevate the wisdom of God above our own. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come, and I want to invite you just to stay seated for a moment as they come, because I want to I want to ask you about something that's pretty personal. Um, <laughs> because there's a cross in the middle of God's kingdom, we understand death produces life. With that in mind, you understand repentance produces refreshing. How many of you know when you finally come to the realization where the Holy Spirit is convicting you about something and you say, oh, Lord, I didn't understand it that way before. Thank you for bringing me into a greater understanding of how to surrender that area of my life to you. I just surrender and give that. How many know that there's something that begins washing over you? It's just so refreshing. Isn't it great to just walk in that place with the Lord? So just while you're seated, before we do anything else, I just want you to just relax for a moment. Just close your eyes. Just incline your heart to the Lord. If, if you're online with this, don't, don't bypass this. Truly, sincerely participate in this moment where we're just inviting the Lord to point out anything in our lives that he would like to point to. just experience this for a moment together just allow him to stir something deep in your heart and with the understanding repentance brings refreshing then as you sense the Lord saying things to you more of this less of that start this stop that whatever that conversation is between you and God as you sense that, then I want to ask you just to just posture your hands and surrender. You know, just shoulder high is fine, but just this posture of surrender, however you'd like to do that. But as you're repenting, receiving refreshing in your home, wherever you are, uh, not just in the room, but if you're hearing this now, maybe listening to a recording later, would you just respond to the Lord in this moment with the understanding that repentance produces refreshing 
The things you're distracted by will never be as important as the thing you're distracted from. than we understand that we need you, even when we understand that we need you. It's deeper than we could com possibly comprehend beyond our wildest imagination. What it means to be filled with all the fullness of God, to carry that kind of capacity and potential, and to neglect it because our priorities are simply distracted. It's the greatest travesty that this earth could ever know. No greater tragedy than a sick church in a dying world actually has the ability to help but because we're not well ourselves we're unable to do so I thank you Lord for your love in the midst of our lives you're constantly drawing us into deeper places of knowing you that repentance brings refreshing taking us into a broader place of understanding where you've enlarged the path enlarge our hearts and we're just inviting you Lord have your way we want to make room for you this entire year that we would grow in our knowledge of God our revelation of Christ in Jesus mighty name in Jesus name well obviously your action point this week is to really give attention to devoting yourself to a sacrificial focus in the pursuit of God for the first 40 years for first 40 days of the year I want to invite you if we can walk this out with you we want to do so discovering destiny is next week if you're interested in that then you just fill out a connect card drop it in a giving station or you can um, text destiny to the number that will be on the screen in a bit and do that digitally but we want to connect with you and walk you through our Discover Destiny community group and what that really looks like if we can pray with you about anything that you're determining or deciding or sensing today our prayer teams are going to go right now to be under the lights just behind the seats in the back and we just want to believe with you. If there's an area of your life, how many know the Bible actually says confess your faults one to another, pray for each other, and you'll be healed? How many know, man, it requires you to die to yourself to tell somebody your weakness? But death produces life. Repentance produces for refreshing. I mean, it's the kingdom. So if we can pray with you about anything at all, as we just take a few moments to worship, would you come 
and join us in the back as the prayer team. There's communion, there are giving stations. Or, I mean, there are just ways for you to express right now that you're responding to what the Lord is stirring. So, Lord, I pray that in just these few moments of worship together, you would really take hold of some areas in our heart, maybe that we've been wrestling with. Lord, I know um, you're wanting to do something uniquely deep in every one of us. So help us to be responsive to you, Lord, not only in these moments, but in worship as a lifestyle. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's declare it. We're going to make room.